I am here live with Gret Glyer from DonorSea. We're here to just do a quick update. Uh, was it just last week that I had you on? Uh, time is just really doesn't make sense anymore to me. Time. Is yeah, really, I've lost really complete track. <laughs> That's one effect of the coronavirus lockdowns. Is time is, is taking on an all new meaning. But um, we did make a deal here with uh, Gret of DonorSea to help uh, with the the projects that he's been funding and and look and identifying to help people that are affected all around the world, particularly the third world, uh, due to the effects of coronavirus. So, uh, Gret, before we get into the stuff that we've been funding, uh, we did dedicate 10% of our Patreon funds from March to uh, help fund a couple projects, but maybe just give a very quick recap. We did a show on this uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, just a quick recap on um, kind of how people out there are generally affected uh, by coronavirus in the third world, not even necessarily by the virus itself, but all the the sort of uh, effects that we see every which way due to the lockdowns, the shutdowns, supply issues, and all that stuff. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Thank you for um, supporting Donorsy through your Patreon. Really, just all around, thank you guys so much and your community. It's really awesome to have your support. We're thrilled to do it. Um, yeah, so it's a rapidly developing situation in a lot of these countries, and a lot is still unknown. I think if, if there's one thing, if I could encapsulate the one thing that has frustrated me most about the coronavirus situation in general, it's the lack of good data. Um, mm -hmm. Even if you're in the U.S. or if you're in a developing country, it doesn't matter where you are. It seems like the, da the data is really hard to, to really hard to understand. It's hard to find common trends. You know, it doesn't really make sense why it, why the coronavirus explodes in one area and not so much in another area. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're trying to figure that out along with everyone else. And um, one of the things um, that we're starting to see is that um, it is making its way into these developed communities, um, these developing communities, so places where people are extremely poor. Um, they're basically having to choose between one of two options. Either go to work and probably get infected by the coronavirus, by COVID-19, and then perhaps bring it back to their family, perhaps an elderly family member that they likely live with. I mean, that's a very common thing in, a, in the developing world. So that's one option. They can either go to work and, and, and risk getting infected. Or the other option is they don't go to work, they stay isolated. But you know, if you're surviving on 30 cents a day, it doesn't take long before you run out of enough money to, to have basic necessities like food and soap, just the, the very basics. We're not talking about having high-speed internet. We're not talking about losing your Netflix subscription. We're right. talking about having corn to eat. And that's, what, that's the big decision that people are trying to make right now in um, extremely poor parts of the world. Yeah, and I think that's the big difference. And I don't want to downplay any of the the suffering. I mean, I know so many friends that are out of work here in Los Angeles that are, are yeah. worried about how they're going to pay their mortgage, how they're going to pay their bills. But the the extent of the the issue towards people in much poorer countries is just so much exponentially greater for them. I mean, people here can often still get access to food. We we still have our internet. We can still get to a doctor if we need to for the most part. Uh, most people have a credit card that can put some food on if they need to, but these aren't even options, uh, in, even in normal times for a lot of people mm -hmm. across the world, let alone wh when there's this virus um, that, that's affecting people and when their own governments are also instituting shutdowns in many places where people truly, truly live day to day. I mean, often people in these countries, people are earning the money or whatever they're doing uh, for that day, for that night, and then they have to go do it tomorrow. So if suddenly they mm -hmm. can't do it or they're faced with this difficult decision, I mean, it really puts pe people in a serious bind. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly it. And um, we're, you know, I'm, 
I am not a government official. I know that they're having to make a lot of tough decisions right now. Um, but I know that there's a lot of people, I, one of the, there's stories that are already coming out about governments having to be very heavy handed in enforcing these lockdowns. Um, because so for example, in the U S we have like a pretty prevalent police force. We have a lot of police officers in every single town and every single city and they're well-funded. They're, they have cop cars and Gun, like they're just they're well taken care of they're well funded um, in a place like Uganda or South Africa in, in, in especially in the rural areas um, one the police force is not well funded and two there's just not that many police officers so by necessity in their eyes at least they have to be they have to show extreme force with a few cases to basically scare the rest of the country into following the lockdown because so they can't actually enforce the too. lockdown if, if people just to fight it in mass so they kind of Correct. have to be very harsh with some some certain cases so they can say look what's going to happen even though in reality if everyone didn't shut down they couldn't do that yeah that's exactly yeah that's it and um so so the people who are in these countries are, they're seeing these scary stories of the police kind of being more brutal than you would want to believe. Um, and they're, and then they're trying to make this decision. Do I stay out and risk getting beat up by a police officer? Do I, do I risk getting COVID-19? I mean, it's a really, it's, it's like a really catch 22 situation. There's something that's really tough to be in, in the middle of. Gotcha. Well, uh, we can uh, add a little good news to things because uh, as we've discussed, you guys are out there identifying people in immediate need and, um, you know, finding ways we can easily help them. And like we talked about last time, you know, a lot of these things just need three or four hundred, three, four or five hundred dollars to, to fully yeah. fund someone and help something. So uh, luckily we were able to, I can just break down the numbers. We took in 15, $1,552 from our Patreon in March. So 10% of that, 152. We went a little bit over. We we, we uh, spent 155 closing out two big projects. So uh, why don't you just tell us about these two projects? And I think they can also help to highlight some of the ways that people are affected by by this virus and the response um, outside of simply people that are getting the virus itself. Definitely. So there's one project that was uh, especially close to my heart that I was grateful that you were able to close out on. Um, so one of them was for, uh, there, there's a, a young woman who had who has a baby and I've got a little kid coming in August um, and we're, we're actually going to be announcing the the gender um in a couple this weekend right so here live say, right now yeah <laughs> this is it yeah um the, the next time that i do this i'll, I'll be able to say that say what it is right. um but yeah there, there's this there's uh, a baby and um they're in the middle of a coronavirus lockdown uh she's a single mother and she's unable to get food for herself to provide for herself i mean she has a newborn baby um so in the you know that's exactly the type of people that we like to support at DonorSea. So while, while she's kind of stuck at home, taking care of her newborn, um, uh, through this project, we were able to get her some food that was brought to them. So that was the first project. Um, so baby Percy, and that's in the Philippines. And actually, just to kind of put a uh, emphasis on how important this is, um, our partner who's in the Philippines, they just reported to us today that one of their uh, close contacts on the ground in 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 the Philippines just passed away from COVID-19, a young guy, um, someone who had been, um, th there was a typhoon that went through the Philippines in 2013. This guy survived that um, really hard times and didn't make it through through this. So this is wow. definitely something that's affecting diff you know, poor parts of the world. And unfortunately it looks like it, it might be worse. I'm always like the ultimate optimist. I want, I don't want that to be the case. I'm never the one who's like going to be alarmist or sensationalist, but right. um, I, but, 
so far it's looking pretty serious. And I, I say that with as much, um, as much reservation as possible. I don't want that to be the case. Um, the second project that we have right now is another great one. This is from Georgina, uh, and she is in Tanzania, and she's on the ground in Tanzania. There's a lot of people who are evacuating right now. Who, they, they're worried about um, social unrest. They're worried about grocery stores running out of stuff. Um, but a lot of our partners are heroes who are staying on the ground in the middle of this chaos, um, and they don't know what the extent is going to be. And so I'm just so impressed to see people who are who are doing that. Um, so Georgina, what, through her organization, um, they have, uh, at first it was just 48 families, but what they've done is they've actually expanded that. So there will actually be hundreds of families um, who will be fed through this project, um, through this second project that you hope close out. And I think that was where a majority of your funding went. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, over the next several weeks, um, there's like hundreds of families who will have access to food that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. Um, and because these people are on the ground and they know the community really well, they're able to, to identify identify who are the most vulnerable and get food to those people directly. So that's a big thing that we do at DonorSea. We're really into um, working with local people who understand the exact needs and how we can um, get those needs to the right people in a trustworthy way. So, And, then, and just think about the, how far your money can go. I mean, I think the total, I don't have it in front of me, but I think the total budget for that this project to feed all these families was something like $400, $500, something yeah, like that. Yeah, 420 for that for hundreds of families. Right. Yeah. yeah and, and you're feeding hundreds of families. So again, I, I want to emphasize this every time we talk about this stuff. Even if you're not someone who contributes to us on Patreon, I encourage you to go over donorc.com slash coronavirus and check out all these projects because for a lot of this stuff, I mean, even if you only have a dollar or two, you can contribute. If that's all you're comfortable with, I mean, if, if even a small percentage of the people watching right now or listening right now do that, these, these projects are closed out immediately. So it's really, really mm -hmm. easy to close these things out with just a couple bucks each. I mean, that's why I, I really love what you guys do at DonorC. You can really see how your dollar or two or five or ten can really, really contribute and really, really help people. I mean, you're literally feeding families with a dollar or two even in these cases. Yeah, I, I would, I'd love to touch on that, actually, because when I was in uh, – I remember I was at Dulles Airport before I ever went to Malawi, um, and I was about to get on a plane and, and go over there for the first time, I was clueless to the purchasing power disparity between myself and people in other parts of the world. Mm. So I remember I bought a banana from Starbucks. I still remember this to this day. It was one banana and it cost $1.95. And I thought, that's fine. I'm, I want a banana. I'm hungry. Um, then I hop on a plane. I go to the other side of the world. And um, I remember that, um, I don't remember how much the bananas were, but you could get, you could get a giant sack of potatoes, like giant, like, like think about a big grocery bag filled all the way to the brim for $1. So <laughs> half the price of the banana that I paid. Wow. And you know, the reason for that is because cost of living is, uh, is crazy cheap. And there's, there's a lot of subsistence farming and stuff. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's the whole idea behind what we do at DonorC. There, there, there's these economies that are extremely undeveloped and they're extremely fragile, but the, awesome thing about that for you and I is that we get to make a big impact in their lives by giving just what we're able to give. And it makes a huge impact in real people's lives. And I just, the number of people who are going to be fed just by this one project alone is, is, um, is just something to think about. It's really, it's really nice. It's really great. Especially now, I mean, the dollar is pretty strong right now. A lot of these local currencies, which isn't great for them in many ways, are, are kind of dropping against the dollar. Uh, but the good thing about that is a dollar goes a lot further now than even it did a couple of weeks ago in a lot of these places. So, uh, you know, if, you're, if your dollar had an impact a month ago, it's probably having an even greater impact right now. So that is one you know small silver lining here. Uh, Grant, thank you so much for joining me here. We'll continue to bring you back on uh, for updates as we continue to help uh, fund these projects and continue to help people around the world. And uh, again, I encourage everybody out there, take care of yourself first, take care of your family, your friends, your neighbors. But if you have Definitely. even a little bit to spare after that, you can really uh, make make your efforts and make your money go a really long way uh, by working through DonorSea. So 
I, I encourage you again. Uh, I'll let you, Greg, Gret, do the uh, the last little roundup of all the ways they can find out about the work you guys are doing at Donor C and uh, specifically with coronavirus. Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. Um, again, happy to really thrill to be on here. Uh, I would tell people go to donorcity.com slash coronavirus, bookmark that page. There's a constant stream of new projects, fresh projects that are the most urgent needs. We have so many things. There's a I, I just interviewed on my podcast a lady named Dr. Trish. And Dr. Trish is again a hero. She's all actually also in Tanzania, just like Georgina. Um, and she works at a cancer uh, she she's a uh, cancer doctor. Um, and so she'll be taking care. She's staying behind and she's taking care of those people through the, through the epidemic. Um, and while that's happening, several of her colleagues have left, but she's staying behind. And so there's a lot of people doing incredible on the ground work in the poorest parts of the world for the COVID-19 pandemic and check them out. They need your support. So. Well, thanks, Gret, and thanks to all of our patrons out there whose money has held fun with this. Thanks to everybody out there who's been helping with DonorCity. I know it's not just us. There's people all around the world that are helping with this project, and that's what's so great about it. So thanks, Gret, and we will talk to you soon uh, once we have another update. All right. Take care, Mark. Take care, Gret.